hairs on my body started standing on end. Silent. Nothing there. I fought to get back into my body. You are going to be a vital importance of helping us convince the masses. Type 471. Type 471. Bridge to the other world. Bridge to the other world. Welcome to Type 471. I'm Sam Kitchen. My guest today is Cindy Goodbreak, a longtime experiencer of Bigfoot-related phenomena and uh, other phenomena as well. She's another one of those who, who has experiences across the broad spectrum of paranormal uh, or extraordinary experiences, and that's what we're trying to figure out. So I'm really excited and glad to talk to Cindy today. Cindy, welcome to Type 471. How are you? Oh, hi. I am. I'm okay. Just got a little bit of a raspy voice. So hopefully, hopefully, y'all can understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I, you're coming through loud and clear. We, I, I think. All right. I think you sound perfectly fine. So, uh, let's let's start at the beginning. How did these experiences first start manifesting for you? Well, I'm from Texas, so I don't know if you're asking me um, when my interest started. Is that what you're asking me? Well, I'm I'm kind of asking for an inciting incident, like what what was the first thing that happened? But yes, I mean, I I, I like what you've addressed as well. So, how did your interest begin? Oh well, I just saw the the Patty film when I was really young, and then after that, I just never liked the woods or camping. But I mean, that didn't matter. I grew up on the beach anyway. But we did go, you know, like up to Austin and places like that. Uh, but I just the thought of camping was crazy. Um, I started in 1999, um, but we had a, my first sighting was, um, or one uh, was in Sulphur Springs, uh, Texas, and it was at nighttime. Um, we were on an investigation uh, overnight uh, at this place, this ranch that was like 20 acres, and it was only a couple of us. and. Uh, some preserve was around the area, and so that was when uh, I had my like first like real nighttime encounter where I could see the out the outline of something, and then I think I saw of uh, frames of it later. Somebody had filmed it with their night vision, and it was really creepy. It was uh, like a face, definitely a well, I can't say a male or, but it was a. Uh, I could see its like teeth. It was like it had this brown on its face, and I could see the arm. So somebody had the night vision um, of that, or however it was. Uh, but and I don't remember who it was, and I wish I would have, because it was uh, with people that I hung out with, like in Texas, like from the very beginning. But that was like my first encounter, and I had that was I think like within a year. Well, when I started like actually going out into the field, which was like 99. All right. Well, great. You've certainly had a lot of experiences since then. Um, how has your whole journey through this evolved? When I first started, like I said, I went to the big thicket quite a bit. That Those were my stomping grounds. We would go horseback riding as well. Um, 
and also southeast Oklahoma is a very popular area. We have um, family there. And uh, so we started going to this place called Honobi or Honobia. I never say it right. This is before it became famous um, or they have the a Bigfoot um, festival there in town and it's gotten pretty famous. Um, but I have been there since like 1997 and that's also another hotspot. So I first started out doing your basic research with all your, you know, flesh and blood and your scientific ideas and which is all fine um, because that is important. And I didn't even know what else was possible. Um, and all the people that I was with, we would always, uh, we had opinions of people that um, believed in anything else or had any other experiences. Um, and they have a term for that, which is the woo, but um, yeah, I really didn't think anything of it because in the big thicket, there was so much that happened there. Um, and then when I moved up north in 2004 on my own homestead, and that's where most of my journey comes from, from 2004 to, to now and everything that's happened, um, it's the opposite side of the spectrum. Um, if you want to start with flesh and blood and then it goes deeper into a lot of, you know, other stuff that I have witnessed myself. Um, and I hate to say paranormal, but then again, you know, what, what does that mean? Really? It just means, you know, anything that's not normal, I guess it doesn't necessarily mean like ghost or anything like that. So I've learned to accept that word. Um, so where I live now, it, it's, I have gone from just like totally flesh and blood to there's, there's so much more out there. Does that make sense? But also, oh yeah, it makes sense very much so. But also where I live here, I have done a lot of research on the land and the surrounding area. It's native, a lot of stuff. The mountain in front of me is called Huju. That's a whole other story. So everything up here has, is tied to that. But everything down south where I was at, even though there was also a lot of lore there, I just have in my head, like in the areas of the big thicket, uh, just only like flesh and blood. But the same stuff happened. Um, we would hear things and like, huffs or noises, but there was nothing there. But I didn't even think about it at the time. So I don't know. I, I, I think it's very different. Yeah, I want to. I want to get more specific about what you're talking about right now, but first I just want to take a moment to clarify what you mean by flesh and blood. So when you're, when you're talking about flesh and blood, you are referring to what you would think of as just a completely mundane phenomenon with no supernatural element to it. But then, you know, you were introduced to other things that shows you that there's more than just a flesh and blood explanation. Is that what you're saying? Yes, there's there's more to just the flesh and blood whole whole idea because once you open up your mind, but for me it was easy because I lived it and I didn't accept it in the beginning. But yes, that's what I'm talking about. Basically, something out in the woods that is only something that you can look at, and they have, you know, high abilities to do things versus 
what I am experiencing now or what I where I have because when I came up here I was still with that same frame of mind and I had a lot of stuff happen that was just didn't make sense and um, I had to accept the fact when I was putting on my audios the things that I was getting in some of my, my audios like drums chanting stuff like that and that freaked me out because I didn't want to I didn't want to get that on my audios. I just want just the the regular stuff, but you know, I can't control whatever is out there and I get so to be clear, um, uh just where did the drums and chanting come from? Can you tell us about this experience? Um yeah, so that's on my property up here in North Idaho. Um I'm only on almost like five and a half acres, but everything around me is wooded except the property to my right, but everything else is wooded. Um, the property in front of me was empty for a long time, and it goes down in this, like this valley, and then there's another road, then there's the power line road. The power line road plays a very important part in everything. Um, and then you'll see Huju Mountain, and it starts going up. So I'm very close to the mountain. I can take off on my four-wheeler and go for miles and miles. Um, up there on top of the mountain. So <clears throat> I'm at the perfect location to get any kind of audios or anything like that. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I I'm, I totally forgot your question. I'm going off track here. Oh, that's all right. I was asking about the, uh, the drums and the chanting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was trying to get to that point. Okay. So the drums are up here and the history of this land again, goes back to a lot of native unrest. Um, so I would put my audios out like literally on my front porch. I have a running front porch. I will just put it up there and I will get it the next morning. But anytime I put it in my backyard, I would always, well, not always, but I would get some some like drumming or chanting or something. And it was only like two times, but that's basically... So where okay, so uh, this drumming and chanting like ghost, right? It originated on your property, and there mm -hmm. there should have been no no physical world right. ex explanation for it. Right. Yes, exactly. Yes, that's how, what I'm trying to say. Yes, it's what I got on my audio, like and just unrest crap that I would be picking up, mm -hmm. you know, like a normal howl or something. Yeah, like a sound of the night coming from the woods, which. I mean, that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no Indians out there. <laughs> well, you know, you're not the first person who has told me about this exact kind of thing in the context of Sasquatch-related experience. It's it's interesting. Um, so what did you hear when you heard this? You just It, it just sounded like somebody beating on a drum and chanting just exactly like we would expect it to sound? Or Do you know those maracas? Mm-hmm something like that but it was hard to hear so it wasn't very clear so when i say drumming i don't know if it was something like that or actual like drumming because i also heard like chanting with it and it was very faint yeah and and i've got i have no idea where that audio was because i didn't want that in you know i'm not looking for that so that's not, you know, so I'm overlooking that, but that's exactly what I heard. It was like, mm -hmm. just like chanting, like around, a, like they're dancing and just saying, you know, doing in their whatever 
the chanting it was like oh something like that right but it was very it was very very faint and then i heard some wood knocks after that but that was all that i got like for that one night that was all that i got that was when i had to get outside help with everything that was happening here but i can tell you about that later <laughs> all right yeah good i i know there's a there's a lot to tell so from there i i guess the drums and the chanting may have been your initiation into the non-physical aspect of of things is is that accurate I am not sure what year that happened, but I did not accept it at that time. So if you were to ask me that question, I would have to say 2017. Um, So 2004, I lived here. Okay. And I can tell you about that later. But the year 2017 was when I started um, putting my audios out there in July. But in May of 2017, it was the Monday before Memorial Day. And I worked Monday and Friday nights. And this is what started everything um, that I had to start accepting. I came home on a Monday night and it was like 11.15. And I had the same routine and I walked in the house and it was pretty quiet. And I went to bed and then my phone went off. My neighbor next door had texted me. He is ex-military ex-army ex he did 30 years and he was he's retired i did not read his text i i went to bed the following morning on tuesday um, my son had left for school and my husband was at the kitchen table and um he said so what time did you get home last night and i said 11 15 and um he said well around 10 30 or something Something uh, slapped the house. Now, my husband does not care about this topic. He will not talk about it. He does not care about this topic at all. So for him to tell me that something slapped the house at 10, 10 15 or 1030 um, is, is saying something. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, I got the gun, which is his rifle. And he went to the back door, which is the kitchen sliding glass door. And he looked out to the left and then I think he walked out there and it's pretty dark and he didn't see anything and the dogs were fine. So, you know, which is an indication to me that whatever is around is familiar because I've had house slapping and the dogs didn't do anything. So he just went to bed. So then I came home and then so the following morning, he's telling me this. So it's Tuesday, uh, the week before Memorial weekend. And and I'm starting to go, well, what the heck was it? And he's like, I have no idea. So I looked at my phone on the messages and my stomach just turned. Um, my neighbor said that his animals were acting really crazy. They, uh, he has cats. They were, they were hissing and he had a bird. It's like a cockatiel and it was going back and forth in its cage. And they even have a feral cat that was at the door that wanted in. Oh, so he, oh yeah. Now I think it had come in a couple of times because there it was they were trying to train it to come in the house. But on this one particular night, the cat was at the sliding glass door and that he opened and it ran in. And so he's like, Well, what the heck? And then his motion sensor lights go off, which can mean anything, a deer or whatever, moose. So his wife is a nurse, so she went has to go to bed early. 
So later that night, it was, I, I don't know, after midnight, um, he saw something standing on two legs, sniffing the air. He has a U-shaped driveway. It's all woods. My road in front of us is like a logging road. Um, so it's not like a county road or nothing like that. It's all like very out in the boondocks. So he saw something standing on two legs and it was tall and it was sniffing the air. The first thing he thinks of is, well, that can't be a burglar. That can't be like a human burglar. He grabs his, his gun and he's looking at this thing. And then that looks over at him and he hides. Hmm. He hides. So why would he hide if it's not a person? And he said, it was a bear probably. And so I'm reading this and I'm telling my husband, I'm like, oh my God. And I'm kind of panicking and stuff. And then um, my husband goes, okay, well, I'm going to work. You know, I'm like, seriously, are you, I was terrified. And he's like, oh, you'll be fine. And he, he likes to make jokes like, well, if, 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 if some of them, you know, have to stop and have coffee with you, he, he was making some dumb comments. I was like, oh, thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like I can't get him to take this seriously. I, I've noticed that there, there's a phenomenon that takes place in these partnerships sometimes where one partner is experiencing this and the other is not or, or the other is aware of it or does even experience it. but they they handle it with kind of a degree of denial and, and making sure that it doesn't impact them by just kind of pretending it's not there. I've, I've heard about this before. I think it's unfortunate, but you know, that that's the situation. Not everyone is ready to deal with the reality of this. No. So, um, so I ended up going to my neighbor's house and he doesn't, he doesn't know anything that I do not really. And, um, he just said, Oh, it had to have been a bear. Cause I was, I stood where this, um, whatever he saw was standing and he described to me the legs, which to me sounded more like canine. So I am not really sure. And he said it was sniffing the air and it sounded to be like maybe eight to nine feet tall. Cause he was trying. And I said, how's that going to be a bear really? And then he said, well, I don't know. So then I ended up going home and I call my friend. Now I'm really freaked out. And um, so I call my friend and I said, how much is my, how much can we get for my hat for my house? Cause at this point uh, I'm, I'm going to put it up on the market. That was the craziest thing that happened. And um, later that evening, when another friend of mine called from Mississippi, I was talking to him and he was just trying to talk to me about staying where I'm at to, to calm down. And I said, no, it's, I've never had a house laugh. This is crazy. Plus I was getting, you know, like this, I was hearing things out in the woods and then I would turn around. So now I'm really freaked out. And um, that evening uh, I told my husband, you know, I might want to sell the house. Maybe we can purchase something else where, where there was no woods until like maybe six acres down or, but nothing like immediate around the house. And he just flat out said, if we sell the house, then that's going to be it. No more, <laughs> no more squatching for you. And I was like, well, I don't think you can tell me what to do. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I ended up staying. We ended up staying here. And so that was like my first time, I guess, into accepting the fact that there was something out there. And I say that because 
we left for the week, the holiday weekend and we took our toy hauler and our four wheelers and we went up north where there was no cell service. And while we were gone, this, I don't know what you want to call it, whatever he saw, it came back. And my neighbor took a picture of it and he sent it to me when I was out at Priest Lake. And when we came back on that Sunday or Monday, I got, when I got back in cell range, I received his message and he said, well, it's back. It was like 4.30 a.m. and he's up because his wife leaves to go to work and he took a picture. So he saw he saw something with his own eyes in the backwoods and he took a picture of it. Now, the picture to me was not a good, clear picture. Mm. But he saw he he saw this something in the backwoods. And I looked at the picture and then I saw it and it was not, it wasn't like a clear physical picture, but I could see something in there, but it took a long time. When you start really, really, really looking, it took me a long time. And after that, I was thinking, this is crazy. What the heck? And then another time I was in my woods, not after, not far after that time. And I heard like my name being called. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? So that was 2017 when something hit my house. And, and then I found a set of footprints but uh, outside my window, but there was only one set. And it's like, it just like disappeared. It's like, where else? There was like no other prints. And uh, I found this a couple of other times where my horses were at. There was, there was one print and my older son saw it at the time. Were these prints in the snow? Um, one set of prints was by my shop in the snow and another was by my horses in the summer where they drink, um, by our barn. And there was only like one set, you know, so things like that were happening that I was just like, well, where, where's the rest of it? So that, that is pretty remarkable. Uh, is is this picture that you sent me of the tracks in the snow? Is that what you're referring to right now? Um, yes, that was another time um, after I had seen the first set. That was another set that I had seen uh, by the shop. That was, I think, the only two times that I found prints by the shop. So, so if I sent you that by the shop, yeah, then yeah, that's probably what that is. Okay, I don't know if it's by the shop or not. All I can see is that it's in the snow, and uh, there's what looks like your foot yeah. next to this, next to these prints. Um, mm-hmm. The yeah. the size of these prints is small, but the shape of them is compelling. Um, oh yeah, I mean, who's who's going to be out there barefoot? Not me. <laughs> right, right. So, and and it kind of has, it it does have a little bit of an instep which kind of mm-hmm. gives me pause. Um, that's that's kind of inconclusive to me, but it does have other markers of a West Coast Sasquatch or the Western United States States Sasquatch, which is the slightly more triangular shape of the heel relative to the toes and then the slight slant from the big toe down to the little toe. I can see all that. So these these are compelling tracks. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, that's very, very interesting how much insight that you saw just from what I sent you. 
that's a lot more than I <laughs> paid attention to. Ah, okay. Well, good. I'm glad I could give a, a little additional perspective. I just saw the print and took a picture of that. <laughs> well, you know, I'd like to back up for a second and focus on what your neighbor saw and that description. I want to I wanna know, I mean, because this is secondhand information, says, or thirdhand, actually, so... You know, I don't. I don't expect you have all the information, but just what what did your neighbor tell you? Because you said that he said that these legs looked canine. So, I, his exact words, I do not remember. But he said that they look like like dog legs, like a German Shepherd standing up. And I'm thinking, that's not doesn't sound like a big but but there's so many different types out there. And I'm, I mean, and do I even dare say that could sound like a dog mat? I have no idea. But it had its head straight up. He said it had like a like a Doberman ears, and it was sniffing sniff, his sniffing the air. His nose was straight up, straight up to the moon, like to the sky, and it was sniffing the air. And he and he just described it as, in his head, it was a bear period. But an interesting side point is I took the photo that he sent me, and I will send it to you. I didn't send it to you because. It's not clear. It's one of those things that you have to like, oh, what is this? You know, they're crazy. If they see, they see something. But I have it and I will send it to you later. Then you'll see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But um, I had that photo analyzed by a guy who lives up in Kellogg, Idaho. And he was just on my friend's Facebook. And he was a hunter. He had some kind of YouTube show. I don't even remember what his name is, Jeremy or something. But I told him the story, I sent him the photo, and he had the whole thing analyzed. And then he said that is either a Sasquatch, like a a smaller Sasquatch, or a female bear. So how he made that indication, I don't know. Hmm. But what's interesting is that this guy who did that analyzation, he got in some kind of accident and he died, which which nobody can figure out. He went off the mount. His truck went off the mountain, which could be any a good excuse. But it was like the road to his house. So it just is kind of weird that he does this analysis and all of a sudden he comes up dead. I don't know. I'm reading too much into this, maybe. But yeah, so he had that photo analyzed and. He he could see something in the photo, and um, he just said off the record because of his reputation, he gave me his analysis of what he thought it could be. So, I don't know. Hmm. Well, I'd love to see this picture. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Great. I just thought sent to a lot of people because you have to be able to to have the insight and to see into something like that. Because I did, I couldn't always do that. I can, I can now. I can see a lot of things, and I just, you know, I just don't tell people. It's like, oh, okay, and. If I show people something and I say, hey, do you see anything in this? And a lot of the times they'll see what I see or you won't see it. So that's what tells me a lot. What comes next? How does how do things evolve from there? OK, so so that happened in 2017. So now I start audio recording because I'm like, OK, what what's going on? Sorry to interrupt. I just I I had meant to ask you out of curiosity what kind of audio recorders you use. Oh, the cheap stuff from Walmart. In fact, I don't have it in front of me. It couldn't have been forty bucks. I've got like two two of them. I one I lost because it was something took it 
and I never saw it again. So, oh heck yeah, I've had stuff stolen. So I don't spend a lot of money on stuff, but I'm not one of those heavy researchers anymore. Oh, something else I do want to say is that when I was researching in the South, in the big thicket, I've been to Mississippi, Mississippi, Louisiana, and other states, Arkansas, we did it all, the casting, the night vision, all of that stuff. But when I came up here, I, I stopped using anything. I stopped, you know, trying to get pictures. I stopped trying to get, you know, the only thing I asked of them was to get audio. And, and that is what I got. But I stopped trying to prove that they existed right. and go from that frame of mind to just be in the existence of the whole transformation because I was learning who I was as a person, my area, and everything was tied together. So I just wanted to make that point that once I stopped like casting and thinking like that, I had all kinds of stuff happen. But I think there's an important point and an important lesson in that. I think there's wisdom in that. Uh, this is a very special kind of experience. And in order to properly engage the experience, one has to have their attention in the moment and, and one has to have the right intentions. And sometimes exactly. when when someone goes out there with an agenda to prove, then that kind of colors the experience or or it sets the tone for the experience. And and sometimes you might not get anything with that mentality. It's kind of tricky. Like it has a lot to do, the, the kind of experience you have or whether you have an experience or not has very much to do with the individual and their intentions. So I, uh, I think you've, I think you've approached it with, with some wisdom there just to be, just to embrace what's happening and, and focus on the importance oh, yeah. of what's happening. Yeah. 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 That you said that perfectly. Um, your intention is so important. And so my intention changed. So this is 2017. Um, so after that, I started just putting out my audio recorder, but I, I'd like to, if I could go back to, to, so 2004, I moved up here, but something happened, you know, that was pretty significant. Um, so like at night I would hear the typical stuff I've heard, but I wasn't like trying to get any audios or nothing at the time because I knew what it was. And, um, I was really busy trying to help my husband with his career because they were going to go to Iraq. So in my head, that's where my head was at because I was busy supporting that and doing family support. And then the kids were still little. So I didn't, I got to live on this property and have these things happen to me as I went along. Well, um, one night I went to go feed the horses and our phone rang and my husband's unit was called to go to Iraq. And um, so I gave him the phone and I went behind the barn. I fed the horses and I went behind the barn. And of course I was, you know, kind of uh, upset and I'm kind of rushing the story, but um, it was pretty intense. And um, I heard for the first time, the female, or I call her the female. Um, I heard like, a cooing noise, like a, oh, I can't do it because my throat, but it was a cooing noise. And I hopped up and I ran to back to where the sliding glass door was at. And I saw my husband getting off the phone and I heard it like again. 
Um, and then, and I heard some other stuff, but that was to the first time that I heard that something that personal. So in, t- so in 2017, when I started audioing and trying to get and trying to get stuff, um, I really started paying more attention and more time outside to really, really, really pay attention. And I got some really neat stuff. Um, that summer, that September, we were building a shop on our property. And um, my son's dog got killed. In He got hit by heavy machinery. And so he died. So my son was very, very sad. He was upset. He was crying. And we ended up getting another dog, which is our black lab called Gunner. Gunner is very important in this, what I'm going to tell you. Um, So in 2017, um, I had some other things happen. Like I came home one night um, from that same job, but it was a a Monday or a Friday night. I can't remember. Um, This is before Thanksgiving. Um, So we had just got Gunner. And we had just put up a fence because th- this dog would take off. So we had an acre fenced in, but the only light that we had outside was the light from the house. And I had been telling my husband, put a freaking light over the shop because I come home and it's really freaking, it's really freaking dark. So this one night I came home in November and the property across the street from me has a lot, has a big history of just stuff happening. And um, as soon as I got down from the truck, uh, I heard a snap from across the street and I shut the door and I walked to the gate and the gate, we had to tie this rope around it because Gunner figured out how to hit the latch and open up the stupid door and we didn't have time to fix it. So we just tied it. So I'm trying to untie this string that's holding the fence and um, I hear another log across the street and I turn around and I'm like really so I open up the gate and I close it and I tie it again and then I hop up on the porch and I hear another break now I'm tired I don't really care at this point here comes my 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 other dog out through the door and then stops and then we go back in the house and I just close the door and go to sleep so that's just an, an example of things that were starting to ramp up at that point. Um, the following year, we've had Gunner now. It's March 2018, and he is inside the fence. I'm home alone, and it's spring break because my son is in our RV with some friends, and I caught a really good recording. Um, it's that one that I sent you on the spectrogram, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to play that, then I can tell the story or tell the story first and then you play it. It's up to you. You want to tell it first and then I'll play it. Okay. So we've had Gunner six months now and the type of fencing that we have is where it's like ranch fencing and it's like, I'm going to say about an acre, but it, it at the very edge of our property, there's this huge game trail that that runs the whole part of our property. Then it crosses down. Well, Gunner was at the very corner, very corner, and he's barking. So what you're going to hear in that audio is um, 
it's after midnight, after midnight, I'm home alone. My husband has gone in Montana somewhere on a business trip. I put out the audio. It's late. And I started to go to bed and I thought, oh crap, I'm gonna, I need to get the audio. So I put it out there on my porch and then I check on the kids and I, cl- I go to bed. Well, then here comes my dog and he hops on the bed and then I sit up and I look at the clock and he's cold and I'm thinking, crap, I must have forgot to close the the doggy door. So I get up and I go and I close it and then I lock the door. So I have all the dogs inside. It's like one, one ten and um, I go to bed. The next morning I get up and I start playing it and I'm listening. And within like 15 minutes, I get him trying to bark at something and he's barking and he's barking and he's barking. And then you hear probably one of the, probably one of the creepiest audios that I've ever got. The growling, nothing like that exists that I know of in, in the woods. I mean, that's not a bear. That's not an elk. That's not a moose. And my friend, Toby Johnson, cleaned that up for me. And he put it up on the that Spectre thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is what you're going to get is him barking and then this thing growl- growling at him. And it's actually pretty, pretty bad. Wow. All right. Well, let's have a listen. That's interesting. As a matter of fact, it reminds me, there there are a couple of clips that you sent me that remind me very much of a clip that was sent to me by Cliff Crook, a, an old school researcher in the early 2000s. He sent me this, this audio recording that was taken in Washington State where a bunch of neighborhood dogs were going crazy and there was something in a, in a wooded area behind the house and this lady ran out there. And she was recording the audio on her VHS, on her camcorder, and she caught something that that sounds very much like what we just heard. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so so I heard that, and I am drinking my coffee, and I'm thinking, oh, F, no, because there, there is an understanding around here. This is my freaking property, all right? 
And I don't care if you go through it, but you better freaking respect my boundaries. You don't touch my animals and you don't freaking bang on my damn house. That's why I didn't like that because that's already one of my rules. So I called a friend and she came out here because I was, what the hell is going on? She went with me and she said, speak your intentions. And then so she cleaned the property from corner to corner, especially the area where that happened at. And she said, uh, she helped me uh, tell me what I needed to say. And uh, she said basically that uh, when I got the dog, I did not introduce, excuse me, I did not introduce him properly like I did with my other animals. I did it with my horses and I did it with every animal that I brought, but not with this dog. And I don't know why or and I'm still not really sure why it matters, because to me, if you put your intention out there already, I don't need to do it with every animal. But she said, oh, no, sister, you have to do it with every animal that you get. And I was so I did. And after that, I didn't have any more problems. Hmm. And and who was it who gave you this advice? Oh, she's a friend that lives up in Bonners Ferry, but she's like a like a healer. But I also worked with some Colville people mm-hmm. that told me over the phone, like, yes, basically what she told you is the right thing to do. And they were supposed to come out, but it never happened. They just told me what to do. And that's like basically what I do over and over is to go set my boundaries on the property. And part of that is I do not gift. I don't gift food. I don't gift anything at, you know, like, you know, anything shiny or I don't do that because my boundaries are, I just want to hear you. I want to experience you, but I'm not interested in interacting with you at this point. So. That's pretty much where I was at. And then I didn't have any more problems after that. Hmm. What kind of experiences did you have after that? So that's 2018. Um, and I continue to, to put out my audio. Um, and I've, I'm trying to think of some other things. So I told you about the house stopping. I'm trying to go through my timeline because that is w- uh, what I do. It's easier to talk about the timeline. Tell it as you see fit, by all means. So that happened with Gunner. Um, oh, and then something else that happened when we got Gunner the, the year prior. I forgot to tell you. Um, I have the audio, but I don't know where it is. So when we were building our shop in July, into, no, August into September, um, they had delivered like the 20-foot-long the um, metal for the shop. We had to clear some woods. And we had that done. We hired somebody and I did not go out there and like give my intention. This is what we're doing. Um, You know, please allow it. We have to do it. Um, I did not do that. So something that I got on audio is um, before the shop was built, um, the day that they delivered the metal, I put out my audio at night. It wasn't even very late, like maybe 10 to 10. And here, that's when it starts getting dark. Well, the next day, when I was hearing the audio within, again, 15 minutes, I could hear shrieks and then the metal like being picked up and bang, bang. There are no two or three men that could have picked it up and done it like that. So we're talking about like super heavy metal. Super heavy. This is the siding, the metal siding. It's like 20 something feet long, very heavy. 
um, it was banged like two times. And then there was that like a chimp noise very quickly coming off from the woods. So after I heard that, I had to go out in the woods and and say we're we're building and we're gonna you know cl uh, clear probably another acre because there was still the trees close to the shop and I said so that's what's up and sorry I didn't come out here and ask you or tell you because I for one sounded completely stupid but I said I would do this they told me to do this so I'm half in it and half not okay. So my intention is there, but I feel like an idiot. And over time, I got less embarrassed doing it. So I just went out there and I just said, listen, this is what's up. This is what we're doing. And then after that, we didn't, I didn't hear any more, you know, any other noises out there coming from the shop. So the shop was built. And then 2018, that happened with Gunner. Um, we had him around six months. And then in 2018, um, I'm trying to think what else happened. Um, what else I got? Uh, I sent you um, another recording of another time. Uh, it was Valentine's Day, 2019. Um, and it was 6.20 a.m. And I, I'm outside at the end of my driveway. And I start hearing this moaning siren sound going off. And I, I've heard that so many times. I knew what it was. And I was trying to grab my phone and I just started recording and I got that 38 second recording of the moan on Valentine's Day, 2019. And you have that audio. Yeah, this one I I find the the register of the voice very compelling. Yeah, so in that one, uh, I would probably tell your listeners to really turn it up because you're going to hear the the obvious huge vocals, and then you're going to get something canine in there. And I've had different people tell me different things. I also have a cleaned up version of that. And I wish I would have sent it to you. But, you know, that's just too much for you, for like one show. But I um, I have a cleaned up version and it's really intense. It's huge and strong, but it cuts out a lot of the background noise. So I wanted to send you that original. So if they just play it up, I mean, I was standing outside. And I, that went right through me. So that's a phone recording. So that is in, so, so that was 2019. I'm trying to think, oh, you have another recording there. I think it is three minutes long. Um, this is actually kind of funny. I was on Strange, Strange Brow. Kobe, if I'm saying it wrong, I apologize. Strange Brow Radio or Strange Brow. Brow. Toby Johnson has a show. And he, um, he played that on his show and he's laughing. And uh, so what ha So what has happened is that um, on that audio, 
I wake up again very early. It's like 5.50. I'm letting my dogs outside. It's cold. And I can see the mountain from my front door. I can see through the trees, Kuju Mountain. And a lot of the times, I'll see lights up there because there's loggers in wintertime. And me being from Texas, I find that fascinating because I hate the snow. And I just think it's amazing that these big trucks are up there logging. So I will drink my coffee and watch the lights sometimes in my front yard while my dogs go do their business and I'll be listening. That, that was one of my favorite things I like to do. But on this morning, I see this light and it's flying above the mountain like, like it lifts up. And I'm thinking, whoa, that is not a, that's not a, a logging truck. So I grab my phone and I close the door and I step down the stairs. And then in the audio, once it starts playing, listen, because pine cones are being pummeled to me from the left of the driveway, which is from the woods to where I'm standing. And there's these pine cones being pummeled and you can hear it. And then when I realize what's happening, I say, stay the F over there in the audio and then I'm trying to film and I'm thinking really and so now you all want to show up and try to get my attention and I'm trying to film a UFO so I continue to try to get the lights and then I'll say something um they break a stick or they like try to get my attention they break a stick and then I I, I say something like really and then uh then I come in the house so that's like a three minute recording but it's pretty funny because the uh, the night before well actually the morning at 2 a.m we were woken up okay so this is the paranormal part of it okay this is what i don't like at 2 a.m we were woken up from a howl inside the house okay now me and my husband sat up in bed and we're like what the what the freak was that it was not my dog's howling. I know what that is. I ran down the hall to the living room. All my dogs were asleep. And I'm like, well, what the heck was that? And I just, okay, whatever. I went to sleep. And then I'm waking up three hours later and I'm taking my dogs outside. And that's when that happened. So I find that very strange that we're woken up at 2 a.m. from some weird noise inside the house. To this day, I can't explain, but my son doesn't wake up. He's in his room, but I wake up and my husband wakes up and my dogs are asleep. That's at 2 a.m. And then me stepping outside on the porch, trying to catch this flying object above the mountain, this light. And then they're throwing pine cones at me. So I sent you that audio. Yeah, actually, all of that kind of makes a, a, a certain there's a certain logic there. Um, so this, this sound seemed to originate from within your house. First of all, uh, what did, what exactly did this sound like and where in your house did it sound like it was coming from? I have no idea where it was coming from. Cause I'm at the, at, at the end of the house and my bedroom. Gotcha. And it's just, it's just coming like from somewhere in the other room or it, it's like, it's in my room, but it's not like it's just distant, mm-hmm. like. Does that make sense? Like you sit up and it sounds like it's, like it's in your room, but it's, it's like it starts in the room, then it gets further away. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it it does. Like like 
like it woke us up and then and then uh, the last couple of seconds it was farther away but a man i swear to heavens when i woke up it was like right there so i have no idea well the logic that i can see in that is it sounds very much to me like they were trying to communicate with you about what was happening with these lights or you know i mean presumably what's happening with these lights they were trying to it seems like they were trying to get your attention and the yeah. the the first part the the howl that originated within your house maybe mm-hmm. maybe it was you know physical maybe it was non-physical maybe it, whether it was a supernatural event or not it sounds very much like they were trying to get your attention then and then you go out into the driveway and they're throwing these pine cones at you in a further attempt to bring your attention to something that's just the way it sounds yeah. to me yeah, and I'm trying to film that. And then here's the other thing. My dog, I have a Malamute. I think she's growling in that, but I don't know if you can hear her, but she has a low growl. Um, and she had a, I think that was her because it, uh, my other two dogs are pretty loud. And so she had her body really low because she's white and I could see through the dark. And uh, she had her body like low to the ground. And that was kind of weird to me. She just doesn't do that. So she was looking out to the woods to my left. And so that's how I was like, stay the fuck over there. I'm part of my friends. You better not down my damn truck. Jeez. Leave me alone. Just looking. Little shits. Oh, cool. There it is. It's going that. Are you kidding me? I can't even video these damn lights. Oh, shit, there's three up there. No, one. Oh, there's two at the very top. I can't, I can't get him. I did record it earlier. Something... It's probably just the vehicles up there. Yeah, but I can't get anything now. Man, howling at 3 a.m., damn dogs. And Ron's like, shut up! I don't know. There's just other lights up there. Oh, well, I can't get it. I recorded it. I'm afraid to go deeper into the woods. These little shit are throwing rocks at me. Just stay there. We throwing rocks at my damn truck. Hanging out my... Get out of here. Let me see if I can do it. Throwing freaking. Did y'all hear that ping on my truck, man? Well, anyway, pretty cool. They're probably just doing some. I don't know. Maybe some logging up there. But I can't see anything. Oh, well, guys. I videoed it. So I'll just have to. Oh, there's a couple of. Probably just truckers up there. Oh well. Well, the uh the actual lights didn't come through so well, but I, I saw you attempting to <laughs> to film the lights and, and you actually did capture a light for, for an instant, but we I think the main point of this audio is that we can hear you being pelted with pine cones and or rocks. Oh yeah. And then did you hear the break? I'd have to listen again to really focus, but I didn't pick it up, no. Yeah, um, a very obvious break of snap of something, and then I say, 
something after that, you know, stop, you know, stop or don't be, don't hit my truck. Or I say something uh, and then I say, I'm just looking. So that's pretty clear on the audio, but yeah, that's, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what does that mean? Oh yeah. They try to wake me up at 2am or two, whatever time it was with our howl. Totally crazy. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. I mean, they wanted to convey something to you. What What do you think? I mean, you were there. What seems most likely that they were trying to communicate? Okay, so this is kind of be going out of subject and probably extra stuff that I don't really want to, like, I don't usually talk about. So there are some other things happening, which I'm not going to get all into. That is definitely paranormal, but not just with me, but a couple of other people. Um, and there's a town called Spirit Lake, six miles down the road, and the whole area, Huju Valley, is just rich with history of native lore. So my point is, is that we had to do some extensive cleanup of the area. That did not involve me. That involved um, some other people that came in and did like a cleaning of the water and then of some other things um, where I'm just like, okay, that's great. Cause that's not really my field, but there, so other people were seeing um, like something flying up there as well. And then it gets really crazy to where on, on the community board, somebody was saying, well, what is this? What is this helicopter? There was this helicopter that was flying back and forth in our valley, and then nobody could find any trace of it wherever you look, like the flight information. And it just got like really crazy. And nobody said, I never even said a word on the on the community board. Hmm. But people are are people are typing in, why is this helicopter sweeping the valley? It flew really low. And it's like at 10, 15 at night. And this happened like three times in a six month span. So I don't know what that means, but it something weird is happening. I don't, I, I don't know, but I just wanted to add that in. So you would see some of the other stuff that happens around here. It's crazy. We try to make a connection somehow, uh, connect the dots. You know, how does this relate to that? I, I think it's connected. I think there's a relationship somewhere, but I don't think it's one that we've ever guessed at i think it I, I think the true answers are something that most people have never even thought of or considered yes um i would like to say also that w so going back to all these audios that you have i got all these after i started opening up my mind a little bit and let me tell you something it really took a lot for me to consider other options of what could be out there. It took me years. It took me from 2004 until 2017. That's a long time for someone to be living on a property, experiencing other things and opening up your mind to other things. And once I did, my way of thinking happened like not far after I moved here. Um, and you have another audio there, the one that you played that was two minutes of the howling. It's right outside my kitchen door or in the air, wherever it's coming from. But I put my audio in the back, like right in the back porch. It was after midnight 
and I'm talking to my dog or my kid. And that is what I got. I call it the sing song. And it's just like, it's just going off, going, oh, I can't do it because of my throat. Um, I think you played it and you said that was the wrong audio. And it's like two minutes. Okay, cool. Well, let's check it out. Yeah, again, this is uh this is one of the other clips that you sent me that also reminds me of that vocalization that I was referring to that was recorded in Washington. Yeah, and I have actually got that on on other attempts. My sister came up here with her husband and he's just a big butt freak. Um and he said, "Let's go. Let's go do something." So, I ended up taking him down to uh the lake in the area. Why? I don't know. I was I just went there and I, at the time I made some calls. I don't normally do that, but that's just what I did at the time. And then we came to my property and we sat out in the front yard and we were sitting in chairs. Oh, this is so important. I have to tell you. And this is like 2017, I think. 2017. Yeah, I think you mean. Yeah, probably. So we're sitting outside there and. It's me, my sister, and her husband, Carrie, and we're just talking, and I'm thinking, come on, I want to hear something. Now, of course, you know, I can't just like so, oh, snap my fingers and hear something, but I really wanted to hear something. I really want, and I just kept saying, come on, give me something, come on, and do you know, we are all three sitting there, and we saw light in my woods, like somebody took pictures, like three, we saw three flashes and I'm like, what the heck is that? And Carrie saw it. 
and I have it. I I have my audio going, and this conversation is happening. And I was like, "Did you see that? It was light, like going off." And there is no those star things that go off. Uh, it's not a lightning bug because there's no lightning bugs up here. It was three flashes. That was the first thing. And then, like 45 minutes later, you could hear that same recording going off in the air. And Perry jumps up, or he, I mean, we just like look at each other. And it, it was very, very, very brief. Mm. And where it was coming from, who the hell knows? It just came out of thin air. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it to you, but he, he was able to hear it. <laughs> and he, he had it on his phone or something. And it was funny because uh, he ended up breaking that phone, or and my sister and him, I think, were in Hawaii and his, they were hiking. And he dropped that phone into the water. And so that's how I, you know, he came home and he said, I lost my damn phone. So I don't know if he ever recovered it when he got a new phone or, but that was, you know, something that happened. Um, That's just like crazy. I mean, I, we're, we're sitting there and I, that's probably one of the few times I've seen li- like actual light. The other thing that was flying above the mountain that's different that's something flying that i have no idea what the heck it is um but this is like flashes in the woods flashes in the woods and we all three saw it um and i have um another funny story well it's not a funny story but it's amazing story to tell you um my relationships that i have because it's not only here on my homestead um do i have time to tell you that Absolutely. Let's hear it. Okay. So my, my husband is ex-military, my best friend's husband, they served together. And so she's my best friend. And so ever since like 2009, we, we, we would go uh, on the Spokane reservation. Um, her sister is married to a Spokane tribal, um, you know, person. And every year it grew bigger and bigger. And it was mainly just the family, like the cousins, uh, but it was all women's campouts. So I have gone to that for many years, except last year I didn't because of the, everything was shut down. However, this is off. So there's the casino, it's called Two Rivers Casino. And I actually have a friend who takes his boat there and they will drop it in the Columbia River. And he actually, I just, I mean, I just found this out. That's an area where they will go and take his boat and they will, um, they will not only fish, they will do some squatching. And he was telling me a little bit about that. But every year we would camp out at this one area. And it was pretty much the same area along the same coast area there of the Columbia River. And um, it was very, you know, like there was no toilets or anything like that. We would have to rent a uh, a toilet for the, the week. So this one year, something that happened. So the prior years, I got them to to um, to make sounds, and and I would hear some noises from the woods, and I knew what it was. And this took like four years prior. Um, I was kind of going out into the woods, like um, just doing things on a small level, to where. Nobody else knew what I was doing because that was a rule. Don't go, don't be doing any thick because, you know, we're camping here. And so it was actually pretty funny. 
Um, Cause all of my friends are like, anytime we're at horseback riding or camping or on this all women's camp out, just we're here to camp out. So don't be doing any. So that's why it was funny. Cause I would walk into the woods and kind of just do my thing. Then I hear them come around. <laughs> but this one year we, uh, I woke up, it was, I think it was 2017. I woke up at like 5 30 AM and <laughs> you could hear like this roar go off in the woods and it woke everybody up um and it woke up a lot of people in the camps and what was that and i had heard it because i was already awake and it was it was just it was so funny because it was a actual what i'm going to call like a roar a roar i can't say that word so 2019 on the same spot i came a little bit late now I don't like clowns, okay? I don't like clowns in any shape or form. I don't like them. It will send me off into into a heart attack. I don't like clowns, period. And I will I will hurt you if you try to play a trick on me regarding a clown. Well, we're sitting around the campfire and my friend who is not good at what she was trying to do, she had everybody in on this joke. She said, Oh, what's that noise? And I'm like, what noise? And then she kept pointing into the woods. I hear something right away. I knew she was up to something. They were up to something. So I look by this tree and this white head pops up, well, pops out at the edge of the woods. And I'm thinking, they got a, someone to dress up as a white Sasquatch to play a trick on me. And so I said, really? So y'all have got someone to to dress up as a Sasquatch. And then all of a sudden, this clown hops out from behind the tree and it comes after me. Now, I know it's a joke. I know it's not real. But I start screaming bloody murder. <laughs> and I take off. I take off in the dark. And I end up falling. And then my friend's like, oh, my God, my God. And then I start laughing but i was really freaked out just because it chased me mm. so i said okay i'm gonna get y'all back i went into the woods later that night and i said okay we're, we need to get these these people back and i just said why don't y'all come in make some noise you know at the edge of camp nothing too extreme and then i went to the bathroom and then i went to bed well that was friday the next day was Saturday. I had totally forgot about the whole thing, the whole joke. And um, Saturday night, we had spent, after spending a whole day on the Columbia River, I was tired. We had a fire. I went to sleep, walk around. It was 1130. All of a sudden, me and my friend are in, in the same tent, and we're on cots. All of a sudden, there's I hear screaming from the campfire. <laughs> I wake up, and then Lisa goes she's calling out my name cindy where's cindy is she in her tent and i said yes i'm in my tent and then i hear crying i'm thinking oh my god i start laughing because i know it's happening i go outside and there's like six people that were sitting around the fire two of them were spokane tribal people and i can't remember who they were i don't know if they were friends or family um but they said something ran at the edge of camp and it made a lot of noise and there was trees shaking 
And I started laughing and I was like, I told y'all I was going to get y'all back. And they said, that wasn't you. I said, no, that wasn't me. I was in my tent. And then even I was shocked that it actually happened. I thought, holy fuck, crazy. And then I looked up on the ridge because there's the tree there. There's like a meadow. And then there's like, uh, like this huge cliff rock where you can like climb to the top of it. But standing above there was, and I am not, this is the truth. And other people saw it. I will call up Lisa. I will call up Jenna, who dressed up like the damn clown. And my best friend, what happened? There was like red eyes. I could, I mean, you could see these red eyes. And I'm just like laughing. And I said, I told you I was going to get you back. And I said, look, I know some of them looked and saw it. And then it turned around and it left. And I'm just thinking, thank you. And I just did like, like, sir, like, you know. And uh, you got your revenge, it sounds like. Yeah. And then, and then two, one of the girls from the Spokane tribe said, wow, you're, that's like abusing, you know, like witchcraft. And I said, no, it's not. It's just basic logic. Y'all got me with the clan. And y'all know I don't like the clan. I just asked for a little bit of help. And so that's what y'all get. Oh, yeah. They were all freaked out. It was pretty funny. But I saw the red I saw the red eyes. They saw it and they'll tell you what happened. And hey, that is the truth about about that story. <laughs> and ever since then they I haven't had any tricks played on me. Of course, it's only been one other time we've <laughs> camped out. So it was yeah, that's what they get. <laughs> that's what they get. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen the glowing eyes another time if you want me to go into that. Yes, please. Okay, so I I'm a dog person. If there's a dog out there that needs a home, it's going to find my house. I Almost every dog I have is a rescue. It'll come onto my property. So I had this one dog. Her name was Roxy, and I had her for a really long time. I've had other dogs die. You bury them. You cry. Okay. But Roxy, man, it was bad. She was like 20 years old, and she passed away, and we buried her. Uh, in this area that I call, it's like in the tree line. It's like the pet cemetery. I have, I think, two other dogs buried there. Um, but when Roxy died, I just, we buried her and I was just really sad. So I think it was like the next night um, or maybe that same night, I walked outside to the to her grave and I just, I was just really crying. I could not be consoled and i heard the female come around that's something else i forgot to tell you the cooing noise that i heard in in 2005 when uh, my husband's unit was called to Iraq, i heard that same cooing noise um but i've heard it other times so i knew what it was so i'm laying there um and i'm sitting against a tree and then i think i like fall down to the dirt and i could I could feel her presence there, um, and I was just really upset. Well, I heard the same cooing noise, and um, the the female like halfway stepped out into the woods, and I could and I could feel this her presence, and I could feel something from her um emanating i don't know how else to describe it like um a concern uh not concern it was more of a like 
empathy, I guess, like for my feelings of being sad. And I saw the same thing, the red eyes, I saw the red eyes and then she took off. And that's very, that's a, a, the true story. So that was, that was probably the most amazing encounter I ever had next to the one of the Columbia River where I saw it on the ridge. And then probably my third would be my first encounter that I had in Sulphur Springs, Texas. And, and I've had some other incidents, but um, I think that was probably, so there's a female that comes around her. She's come around her a couple of times, like whenever things of tragedy or me being sad would happen. I've heard her a couple of times. Um, and so as far as the red eyes go, I've seen it. I know on two of those two occasions, the one off the Columbia River and then here in my woods. Um, other times I've gone out and I've done like live videos. I'm so bad about doing live videos. I will go out and do live videos. I think another time, one of my somebody who was watching my video found, saw like red eyes crept down low, but I don't, I didn't see it. So I, I didn't keep the, uh, the video it because I had other better stuff. Um, and there's been other times when I had stuff like that happen, stuff that's just crazy. Like there's no explanation for it. Lots of stuff going on in your world. There's there's a lot of stuff I want to understand more about, and I'm sure you do too. Um, but just uh, you you did say a few minutes ago, and just to back up for a minute, you said that there were some paranormal aspects to an experience that you weren't going to go into, and I just wondered in the last couple minutes of the show, I just wondered if I could talk you into going into those things. Okay. Sure, I will give you a little breakdown. So I have some friends that live in Spirit Lake, Idaho, okay? They were hearing, okay, they don't live there anymore. Um, they lived there, but they had a lot of stuff, like ghost stuff happening at their house, which just completely creeps me out. But then they would hear stuff outside, um, like the, the, the Bigfoot stuff. So I, I told them, yeah, that's like the, that's the Bigfoot stuff related. The, uh my friend would go jogging in the mornings. They lived up on the mountain. And um, so she was going down the logging road and she would have something flank her in the woods. And so that's how I met them through a referral. Um, Cause the first time it happened, she thought someone was chasing and trying to get her. And then um, after she met me and uh, I told her probably something is in the woods um i don't know what i'm not seeing it with my eyes i'm not there i'm just telling her what well, does it sound like it's trying to scare you out of the area because if it wanted to get you it would and so this happened to her like a couple of different times and then uh, i i went over there and uh i said okay let's come out to the woods and so we kind of walked her route a little bit because i'm not into jogging <laughs> <laughs> i mean not really so i said okay so we're 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 telling you don't follow her anymore again i'm talking to the woods and i and i told her put your intent out there and she did and after that she didn't have any more problems with this whatever it was in the woods flanking her or it's not chasing her or whatever it was doing it stopped but they had a lot of, of the same thing happen they would hear like some you know like chanting just being outside um, she heard like um, something from the woods, like a not necessarily her name, but she heard um, something like a whisper 
another time they heard like what she says is like a huff. I hear huffs, uh, not all the time, but I, it's broad daylight and I'm doing something in my woods and, and I'll hear a huff and there's nothing there. Um, there was just a lot of crazy stuff happening and and, and it, it, it also involves the behavior of people and the unrest that's out there. So there were three people that were brought in and this is completely out of my area. And I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable talking to you about it, but I'll tell you what was involved with it Two, So they did a sweep of the area through what they call remote viewing, all three of them. They, uh, they could all three do this. And I have their names, but I can give you later. Um, but these three people came in, they did an analysis of the area. There's basically, they said there was a portal somewhere in Spirit Lake, I think over the lake. And then they said that all the energies and there was a lot of like being beings that were out there that were just unrest, I guess, spirits or whatever you want to call it. And they said that they had to clean the water because the water, it carries energy. And they say like the water, that's why like the missionaries are not allowed to swim because that's like an invitation through possible um, other entities. It gets really crazy and really intense. But basically what happened is um, there were some children that were out on their four wheelers and they had been chased by skinwalkers. And that's a whole other crazy story. Um, but that's what they determined. It, yeah, I know it gets crazy. They were chased by skinwalkers on two different occasions. So they came in here and they their analysis was that the whole area had to be cleaned. Two of them did some kind of cleaning of the area. And the third person cleaned the water. And then he said his hand got burned or something. And he he could only clear three different directions and then they said they did something with the portal and then they said they cleaned up all the the crazy crap like the unrest and and for a while it did happen and this involved children and how the children acted um because they like they explained to me the paranormal aspect of it is that they are attracted to the energy of the the young the innocent so it just gets really crazy. And and I said, okay, so how is that related to, to Bigfoot? And they said, well, there's a dogman out there also. Now, I don't know anything about the dogman. This is just what they said. They said the dogman has an interest in, like, the area. And what they cleaned up was what needed to be cleaned up. And everything else that was left was was fine. So, does I mean, doesn't that sound crazy? It sounds extraordinary. I, I don't call things like this crazy. Yeah, but see, I, that's not really, like, um, as far as, like, I'm involved, like, and, and I'm here to, to tell you that the thing with the children, that being chased by the skinwalkers, or that's what we determined, that's oh, that's a true, a true story. These kids were just on their four-wheelers and going down this road, and this person that had, like, a black face and a hoodie but there was like no face and was chasing them. And this happened on like two or three different attempts with different kids in the area. And yeah, yeah, it gets really crazy. So they had to clean up the area. So that was their mission. I'm still confused on how that's all tied together, but 
the paranormal there's it's just yeah it gets crazy and 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 i don't really care about any of that stuff i don't know if i even believe everything i have a hard time with it but i'm just telling you what was involved and how it was explained to me i just stick to my woods and what happens to me and you know and then all this other crazy crap it just it's just crazy. <laughs> it's just crazy. Well, it's like, just leave me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for conveying that to me. I, I want to know, how were these beings that were chasing the kids identified as skinwalkers? What, what what physical description do you have? You mentioned the hoodie, the face. Uh, I'm not... I'm not okay, co- so, okay. So on one story, so I'll, I'll just tell you one of the stories, because it involved my, my son. He was, this was a couple of years ago, um, before he was 16. So here where I live, everybody's got like four wheelers and these kids will go to their friends' houses at night with inner blizzard, with the headlights on four wheelers, you know, just, I just learned to just accept it because I'm like a helicopter. I was like a helicopter mom and I just learned how to just chill and relax. So this one night, my son. He was probably 14 or 15. He got on the four-wheeler. He it was daylight and it was winter. He said he's going to his friend's house, which involves going down two big county roads. Um, not big county roads, just two like logging roads. Then you have to cross the county road. And then it goes like through some backcountry state forest. Yeah, this is I would never, these kids like have like um they're just like not scared it, i totally would not go through state forest land at night but he he went to his friend's house and then i said okay so when when you come home call me well on this one night they came home and they came to the grange he parked they parked the four-wheeler and they went to go sit out the swings and they're sitting there he's with his friend and they're sitting there looking at the night at the Grange and what they see in front of them is the Grange Then across the street is like a creek. It's like an old time creek. And there's like this long road that has the lake by it. And then it gets like really, like really backwoods and there's nothing else back there. They're sitting there swinging and they see this person coming up over this bridge. And it's like a old, like, like a bridge from like the 1800s, or it looks like it. I'm sure it's not that old. But th- they see this person coming up this bridge and they've got on a hoodie and pants. And, you know, that's fine. But then this person starts walking towards them. Now, my son had a shotgun on him. He always, you know, at these kids were taught how to use guns and all that. So it's not a big deal for you know to see a kid you know with a rifle uh, you know on on their four-wheeler so um they were on the swings and this guy is walking towards them and then unfortunately my son's friend had to stand up and say hey you know what's up or he said something and then this person starts running to them and the closer they got they hopped on the four-wheeler and they took off and this person cut through a field and was keeping up with them at 45 miles an hour. Wow. Like on the field. 
And then it came to the yield sign and it tried to, I don't know if it tried to grab them, but they were going fast. And then they crossed the highway. And then my son's friend looked back and he, they saw this person really up close. And there was no, there was no face. It was just like black. And they were able to um, run very, very fast. They, they crossed the highway and they chased they chased them for a long period down this road and then they lost them. Hmm. So they came home and they tell me the story and I'm like, what? That, that's crazy. So then it happened uh, the following weekend with some other kids. So the same description. Really? I mean, what's that? Yes. These other kids, these, so what happened to my son again, but this time it didn't chase him as far. And there's three kids involved. Now it happened with some other kids. And it was the same description. So I'm, I don't know. I mean, what's that? It was, you know, and, and I went down there in my truck. I called the sheriff. I mean, what am I supposed to tell the sheriff? You know, it's a skinwalker, you know, it has no face. I'm like, what am I supposed to say? Yeah. The sheriff doesn't have jurisdiction over skinwalkers and Sasquatches. No. So again, that these three people, that's part of what they did. They tried to clean out all that through remote viewing. And again, I wasn't, they just did it. And then they told me, and I was a little open to it, but not totally, but I was pretty desperate because there were some other things happening. So that's, that's what I'm saying. And then I have another audio where I'm in my woods and I'll send it to you. I got to find it. We're going to have to save that one for next time. Cause we are at the very, yeah, that's totally fine. <laughs> we're at the very end. Right I now. know. It's like, I've got another audio for that. <laughs> yeah. And then another, well, yeah, I want to hear all of it, but, uh, we're going to have to break it up into segments probably. So, uh, one more question before we go, um, did, did these kids give a height estimate of this individual with the hoodie? Nope. Just, uh, look like a guy coming up the bridge and then chased him at a very awkward speed. I mean, there's no human way for them to, you know, to, for anyone to run that fast. And, um, it happened like two or three times and it, nope, just a general consensus of a male chasing them with no face. I mean, what I'm thinking, this may be an example of how individual perceptions can factor into our various ideas of Sasquatches and Dogmen and Skinwalkers. Now, I wasn't there, so I just hear the general description of a dark figure with a hoodie and a dark face. Now, a hoodie is kind of pointed on top, and so is a Sasquatch head. So I'm I'm thinking, is it possible that this very fast oh, no. running no, individual? It's a person. Oh, okay. No, it, it's a, no, it's very clear that it's a person with jeans on or pants. That it's a person, hmm. you know, chasing chasing them. It was chasing them at one point. Gotcha. And then, um, yeah, no, and then it got close enough that they could see it was a person with some kind of hoodie on or whatever, and there was no face. It was black. And so that is the idea of these three people. They they think it could have been a skinwalker. Mm-hmm. And so that was their job to clean. So, and that is not my department and that's totally off subject, but that's some of the crap that goes. Now, lately, nothing is happening here. I've tried to record and I can't get anything or I put new batteries in one of my audios and 
Are there times when, are there times of year when you tend to have more activity? Well, first I thought it was like March to May, but I've gotten stuff now all year long that I I couldn't give you. I couldn't tell you one way or the other. Mhm. Yeah. I was just thinking since, you know, we're getting into into fall now, you might there might be a change in the activity. There might be things might pick up a little bit. I would have to say the from 2017 until until now, um, I've had some other things happen. Um, last summer, I had one walk out to my window. That's a whole other story I would love to share because it's a little bit longer and I would want to tell it the right way because there's a lot of emotion involved with that. And that was probably, that was very, very special. So, um, yeah, yeah, so I've had some other things happen. I mean, if you want me to quickly tell you that story, I can, and then I'll shut up. Well, I don't I don't want you to shut up, but but we do need to save that one for next time. We're at the, we're at the end of the show right now, Cindy, I really appreciate you sharing all this with, with us. I mean, who, who's to say what conclusion we can draw from all of it, but I mean, we're not really trying to draw conclusions right now. We're just trying to learn and take in all the information. So you've definitely done that. You've given us a lot more to think about. There's something going on in your area. And by the way, can you send me a pin of this spot where these the, these incidents occurred, where these kids were chased? Um, yeah, probably I could. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, I'd be interested in learning more about that. So uh, I will look forward to that. And for now, Cindy Goodbreak, thank you so much for being on Type Four Seven One. Yep. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. To share your Sasquatch encounters or other extraordinary experiences with me, email me at type471podcast at gmail.com. Connect with me on social media. Look for Type471Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out the Type471Podcast YouTube channel. The YouTube videos contain all media associated with each episode. Please help out Type 471 by subscribing. I'm Sam Kitchen. Thanks for listening to Type 471.